Well, good afternoon, everyone. Good evening, good day, whatever time it is that you are watching this or listening to this. We are so glad you're here. Uh, if you just caught the intro, it was a little bit weird because I paused it in the middle and then I restarted it. And if you didn't see any of that, we are glad that you're joining us. I'm Ben. This is Molly. Molly is joining us today as we jump into another edition of Overtime. This is actually episode number 113. So thanks for being here. Um, what Overtime is, is basically our weekly podcast that we do a little bit deeper dive into the weekend message. This week I had the opportunity to share, so Molly graciously has decided to kind of come on, ask some questions to help engage in some of those discussion content. So one of the things that we like to do before we jump into the content is to let you know some of the things that are happening in and around the life of the church. So we've got three things that we want to bring to your attention. The very first one is that this Wednesday, as we record this, it's the 25th of January, 2022. On the 26th, we are relaunching our cow. And as we relaunch cow, which stands for connect on Wednesday, we are starting on the 26th with a night of prayer and worship. So we encourage anybody that wants to come out at 530, we'll have a meal. I believe it's soup and sandwiches. So it should be a lot of uh, good food there. At 530 is the meal. And then at 630 is our programming should go for about an hour long. Like I said, we're going to be starting off with some prayer, some worship, and some uh, testimony. So it should be a great night. We're excited for that and hope that you would join us for that. So that is the first thing we want to let you know about. And then February 2nd, some of the normal classes will come back. So you'll hear more information about that as we get closer. Molly's actually got the second one. So she's going to yes. tell you what that is. And also, there are there is no kids zone on Wednesday night. Yes, correct. That so is a good distinction. So bring the kids in. They'll, have, they'll enjoy singing and hanging out with us. Um, the next thing is on um, this Saturday is the Women's Tea, the mm -hmm. New Year, New You theme. Um, and that's going to be held here at CLC in the Big Yellow Mug area. Um, you should sign up for that ahead of time. And you can go to www.clcfamily.church slash sign up. Do people say the www? I don't anymore? know. I wrote it. I got made fun of once because I said <laughs> The World Wide Web. <laughs> anyway, clcfamily.church I still say the www, but whatever. <laughs> Um, but you can go ahead and then click there, and there's a nice sign-up genius. You can sign up yeah. um, for that. And it's always a fun time. I've enjoyed it. This will be my third year going. Okay. And this is my first year not doing a table, but okay. I'm excited to be at a table. I've heard that there's, like, close to 90 people. So if you want to go, I would suggest signing up as yes. soon as possible because it could fill up. I think 100 people or 99 might might be the max amount of people that they're mm -hmm. taking for that. So just if you want to be a part of that, sign up as soon as you can so that you can be a part of that if you're interested in doing that. Um, and then the last thing that we want to let you know about is that this coming Sunday on January 30th, there is a new members class. So if you are part of the church and you've never done one of our actual new members classes, it's a specific class that talks about kind of being in covenant partnership with us as a church. You can kind of join us. It also gives you the ability to vote on special things that are happening, aka the new senior pastor that we are looking to get in. Um, and there's more information coming soon on that. So we are encouraging everybody that if you want to be part of that voting process, that we want to encourage you to sign up for a new member class to be part of a member here at the Christian Life Center. So we will give you more information as it comes up, but it is pretty important that within, you know, hopefully the next few months, we can have something that we can present to you, someone that we could present to you. So we just want to kind of get that information out there. So that's kind of all the announcements that we have. If you have questions, as always, you can let us know. We'd love to hear from you. I will say that if you have questions regarding
regarding the service. Uh, if you have questions, kind of you're walking through something, we always encourage questions for the Overtime Podcast. I didn't receive any via email, but if you are watching live, feel free to jump in any of our four different platforms and you can say, hey, you can kind of give a shout out, we'll give you a shout out too, um, and ask any questions that you might have there. Or you can email us if that's easier to do, overtime at clcfamily.church. So with all of that, this week we were on week three, or is it week three? I need to yeah, make sure that I got three. right. Okay. Yeah. Because 77 of Luke. Yeah. We are that's, in week I read seven. that and I was like, that's This is the good job, 77th week that we've been in the book of Luke. That's cool. So it's been it's been over a year and a half. Like a year and a half was just the last time that I actually counted. Like because obviously with seventy seven, there's been some where we haven't done the book of Luke, where we've done like a standalone service, or we've had a guest speaker True. come in. So it, we've been in Luke for a really long time, but we are loving it. So right now we are at a place where uh, Jesus is kind of at the end, tail end of his ministry. So we're calling this series Road Trip because we're following Jesus as he kind of finishes out his road trip. He's been traveling from town to town, city to city, place to place, kind of slowly making his way to Jerusalem. And what we know is that in Jerusalem is where he is going to ultimately die on a cross. That's where he takes the sin and the punishment that we are guilty of and he takes it on himself so that we don't have to actually pay that that penalty for ourselves. So this is kind of the culmination. Like, in fact, as we get to the story today in chapter 18, I feel like we've been in 18 for a long time too. Mm -hmm. Like, I think December 12th is when we started 18. I remember because that's when Gary preached last oh, okay. and he preached on the beginning of, of chapter 18. So um, we're in chapter 18. We finally finished chapter 18 this past week, but we were talking about a, a blind man by the name of Blind Bartimaeus. Um, we called him Blind Barty just because it was a lot of fun. When I say we, I called him Blind Blind Barty because it was a lot of fun. And I know a few of you said Barney. It wasn't Barney like the big purple dinosaur. It was Bart. E. Mm. I don't, mm. I just kind of made it up. It's just, so I, it was just like short, <laughs> shortened Bartimaeus and then put a Y there or an I. I don't know. I just, I think I put a, a Y as I did my notes. So Blind Barty is who we were talking to. And I really do think that this is a beautiful picture of what we are called to do as disciples of Jesus Christ. If we claim to be followers of him, then this example of what Blind Barty did is is phenomenal. And we'll probably get into it a little bit more. It's probably not just one person. There's probably two there and there's different accounts in a few of the different gospels, which we'll probably talk a little bit about as we get into it today. But um, just this beautiful picture where Blind Barty is, is can't see, but yet when he hears that Jesus is coming, he actually uh, changes kind of the title or the name that he was told. So he was told that Jesus of Nazareth was coming. And then immediately after hearing that, Blind Barty goes, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And it, what looks like a, a pretty simple or small change um, is actually pretty significant because in that calling him Jesus, son of David, what he's actually doing is he's proclaiming that here is Jesus, the chosen Messiah, not just a guy that's from the city and the town of Nazareth, but here is the promised Messiah that the Jews have been longing for, that they've been waiting for. And it's interesting that a blind man can actually see that this is the Messiah when all of the nation of Israel 
especially the religious leaders, are struggling to see Jesus and the miracles he's performing and the things that he's doing. They're struggling to see Jesus as the Messiah. But here's this blind man who has better sight than most of Israel and definitely has better sight than the religious elite. So he recognizes Jesus as Messiah, sees who he is. And then as Jesus kind of calls him over, he goes, Jesus kind of asks the question, well, what do you want from me, basically? And he says, I want to see. He puts his faith and his trust in Jesus. It's not in my mind. And as I read this story, there's no hesitation. Blind Barty is like, uh, hello, I want to see. Like, uh, I, that was, I added the sarcasm there. I'm not sure if there was sarcasm there. I'm sure there was nothing but respect. But, like, he has absolute faith and undoubtedly believes that God is going, Jesus is going to be able to heal him. So he places his faith and his trust in Jesus. He receives sight. And then the last thing that we see in verse 43, I think it is, is that he also then follows Jesus. So he doesn't just kind of get his healing and then go back to uh, what was. He actually receives healing and then he continues to follow Jesus. And this is towards, like I said, towards the tail end of his ministry. What we know is Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem. Jericho, where this city or where this miracle happened, is actually the last stop in traveling from Galilee, where he's coming from. It is the last stop on the way to Jerusalem. So Jerusalem is about 18 miles away. It's probably about a day's walk, um, depending on how, how much ground they're, they're traveling. And uh, yeah, so Jesus is, uh, you know, about to enter into Jerusalem. He's about to, about to have an experience Passion Week. That week before Easter is what we celebrate. But ultimately, Easter for him was walking through Passover and then ultimately dying on a cross. Um, and that's what we celebrate. So yeah, that is kind of the, uh, the bulk of what we talked about. That's kind of the quick version of that. Um, yeah, sorry. There's just, uh, some notifications popping up on the computer. So if you see me looking over there and I'm also checking our online platform. So, uh, Jerry, thanks for joining us. I see that you're joining us here. So thanks for being a part of it. Uh, appreciate having you here, my friend. And like I said, if anybody has any questions, uh, that you want to jump in, we'd love to have any questions, but yeah. So let's dive into it, I awesome. guess. Let's see. I'm just going to. Say a few things here. Yeah, so anything that stood out to you or any thoughts that you had? I mean, originally thinking, I'm like, I would do the same thing. But okay. then I thought deeper about it. Like, how willing are we to stand up in front of other people mm. and proclaim how we feel first off? I mean, sometimes you don't even want to stand up and say, like, yeah. I need a tissue or I need to go to the bathroom. Like, sometimes <laughs> we're like, we feel so, you know, worried about that. But um and then, the, like, I was just, there was thousands of people there. Yeah. And they were continuing to yeah. join in. Yeah. So, like, to, I'm just envisioning it, like, the noise. And when you don't know what's going on, like, you had mentioned yeah. when your kid does something in the other room. My first, <laughs> what my do you first do? response was, who did it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who did it? I need to know. And then... Then I'll hear the story from all of them. Yeah, but yeah. they they slowly. Yeah, but, but at that come point, you have in. to like super sleuth it together, right? You're, How hard was the hit? Was it a person falling? Was yeah. it an object? Yeah. yeah. But still, like I can. What's all that noise? Yeah. Anxiousness, nervousness, and then to hear who it yeah. is. Yeah. Like that's relieving for him, but at the same time, it's like he's like, "This is my only chance." Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, what I wanted to do is, is it's easy for us, man. So many times we read stories in the Bible and we just gloss over it, right? Like we don't really think. And I really wanted to try and slow it down in the beginning of going, what would it be like if you all of a sudden lost sight? Yeah. And actually it was really cool. I, th- there was at least two people that I had conversations with that lost sight. Um, wow. uh, uh, I, I'm not sure if I can share the story, so I, I don't, I won't say the name. Um, but one of them was like in Australia, like as a young person, I, I believe the story goes like, and just was walking through Australia and all of a sudden couldn't see oh, like, and I was so amazed. Like I've never had any experience like that, but that really made this story come alive. Cause she's going, man, I've experienced it and yeah. it is scary. Like it is terrifying. I actually wrote down. Did you? Because yeah, you've lost. Sight? I have. Okay. So, as soon as you <laughs> this, said that, I looked at Dave good. and I was like, <laughs> He's like, yeah, you're there. So, yeah, I actually have a, an immune disease called pseudotumor cerebri, okay. which means fake brain tumor, right? So I don't have a okay. brain tumor. Pseudo, what was it? Pseudotumor cerebri. Okay, you feel, and you're comfortable yeah. sharing, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, we're, it, we're a family here, okay? I think this here, is, okay? like, was a, honestly, like, a good way for me to share here. Sure. I wrote it down, actually. Um, because... I, so I had headaches over and over again um, for like a year and um, got dizzy when I would bend over and stuff. And eventually um, one day the headaches were so bad that my vision started going double. So everything was double and I couldn't see anything. And then the next day came and then it was just all a blur. Now, did you like wake up and it was a blur? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Wow. So, I mean, it was bad. Could, like, you, so you much could make out figures from it. a bit? No. I mean, well. Was it like could, darkness? Like, or? I could see, stru- like, the thing. You okay. know, it was not darkness. Okay, okay. It was not darkness. But that would have been even more horrifying. Yeah. But, but what was scary for me is, like, my Dave was in the military then. That's my husband. Oh, okay. So he was, we were on base, and I'm home with the kids. Yeah. And it's like, and you can't just leave Mom's work. responsibilities don't just stop, right? Yeah. Like, and you can't leave the Marine Corps work. Yeah, They're like, yeah, no, yeah. no. Okay. So he was like trying to get off. But um, yeah. yeah. Wow. So my my opt my brain fluid my spinal fluid stopped draining on its own. Oh, wow. So that's what this is. And then okay. it caused my optic nerves to to swell and it oh, caused man. double vision. Whoa. So it was like I don't know, like one o'clock in the morning, and I'm in the ER, but I'm in a separate part of the hospital because I had to be there with the um, ophthalmologist. Okay, yeah, sure. And like he came in, it was because sure. I mean I'm going blind. We got to figure sure. this out. <laughs> Yeah. So there's a little bit of panic there, yeah. I imagine. But there was a time where I just had to sit in this room and wait. And obviously, I was praying a lot. And he was caring enough to to like research and research and research. Okay. So he finally figured it out. And then the next day, um, I had to get a spinal tap. Okay. It was three times the amount of spinal fluid that should be in, really? wow. in my body. So, wow. Um, but that to- that those moments and, and you and just like. And did it drain and then you could see? Like, was no, it, it took like 24 clearing? hours okay. to come back. Because wow. then I go home and I'm like, okay, I feel like. It's going to get better, but you still had to, I still had to be a little bit patient. Yeah. Right? I can't but, imagine because I mean, you're still fearful compared at Compared to point. how long, like how long I had been experiencing the symptoms and no one knew what they were. Okay. Probably over a year. Really? Wow. Yeah. Until wow. that one day when it was like. It just. Overca- so yeah, I wow. couldn't think like if I was in that moment, hmm. like he was, I would be running through there too because, yeah. you know, but, but he didn't 
he was always blind, right? Yeah. And that I'm not sure. Yeah, like, I wonder. So even I know that in one of the classes they were discussing a recovery of sight. Like there was a word there and I, I forget who was telling me, but on Sunday it came up in one of the Sunday school classes that were being taught. And in my study, I didn't see any Greek or Hebrew that made me understand if he was born blind yeah. or if he became blind. I did read something that said, um, that blindness was pretty common in that day. And what I like to do is as I'm studying for something, I like to get a couple different sources. And if I don't have like two sources kind of say the same thing, I tend to omit that or just say, hey, it's a possibility that yeah. blindness could like, and one of the things that they were pointing to this one is that they were pointing to pink eye. Mm. And pink eye, I mean, pink eye is very common for us today. Right. Um, but we go to the doctor and we get it uh, fixed and treated. And most of the time, pink eye can just kind of get better on its own, even yeah. if we don't get it treated. But in that time, I guess they were making this argument. And again, I wasn't 100% sure on it. That's why I didn't talk about it. But in that time, maybe there wasn't so much treatment. In yeah. that time... Did, I don't think that they did spinal taps, right? No, like so, if no. you but they didn't have contacts or glasses. Exactly. Either. So yeah. So even just natural, yeah. the natural wear and tear on the eyes, mm -hmm. because as you get older, your eyesight yeah. just tends to to decrease, right? Like it's just yeah. over years and years of vision, like it, your your muscles get weaker. So it, whether he was born that way or he had sight and then lost it yeah. i don't know in my if i was to guess and it yeah. is an absolute guess it, i feel like he is so desperate to receive sight that it almost feels like he maybe had sight or some or and something then he, yeah. or some or yeah. something and he really wanted it because i almost feel like not that it's better if you're born blind like i'm not trying to say that but i, I almost like when you're born blind you you are custom don't know custom any better to it. yes you don't really know what you're missing out yeah on. and even fanny crosby was one of the you know most uh, one of the greatest like hymn writers of all time right like and somebody had asked her at one point i saw this in my studies as well like somebody had asked her like um man w w don't you wish you could see and her response was like no, because how awesome will it be that the first sight that I see is when mm. I enter into heaven and I see my heavenly father. Wow. Like, and so that yeah. was like, wow, that's, that would be a, a pretty, pretty amazing <laughs> yeah. perspective. Um, but I would be like blind Barty. I'd be like, Jesus, I want to see. Yeah, like I, I, I would just, so I, I think that it's pretty, it was pretty cool to hear some of these stories. Um, another one was Carl from our church. He said he just had uh, something happen that he, he just kind of lost vision and he couldn't mm. see. And, and so I feel like it's even more common after Sunday of <laughs> just hearing three stories of yeah. things that have happened. And I think that it gives you such a unique perspective when that does happen mm -hmm. because you go, man, I, I remember the feeling and the emotion of that. But imagine what it was like in a in a day and a time where occupation was the yeah. majority of it was was based on being able to see and physical ability. And if you can't do that, if you can't travel, if you don't have a car, if you don't have somebody to bring you places, like imagine the difficulty and the challenge that this person had. And and I did wonder, so as we read through this, this is one of the stories that is, is actually found in four or three of the four different gospels. So it's found in Matthew chapter 20. I uh, forget the specific verses. It's Mark chapter 10 and then Luke chapter 18, which is where we read it from. And in Mark, that's where we see the name Bartim uh, Bartimus. Um, that was his name. It's Bartimus was uh, uh, for Timaeus or uh, mm -hmm. uh, I think so. Timaeus, something like that. It was it was basically Bartimus was from his father. Basically, that's what it was. And then also in Matthew and 
uh, or I forget which one it was, but in 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 one of the gospels they account two people that were Matthew. there. So in Matthew it says that there was two different people. So Matthew twenty says that it was it was two blind men, which is entirely possible because again here's Jesus, he is traveling. It was common for blind people or for beggars to wait by the side of the road, these Roman roads that as thousands of people are kind of making their way to Jerusalem, they're going to get the most amount of people to pass by. And hopefully the Jews are sympathetic because in Leviticus 25, they were called to care for those that were like in need. So hopefully they're going to be taken care of. Jericho is a resort city with great temperature and climate. And so they're hoping for the best turnout. So there's thousands of people. There's probably tons of beggars that are sitting there. So it is likely that he's with somebody else or maybe even several peoples. Why Luke and Mark only record one person? Well, uh, I've wondered, this was just me personally, I have no biblical backing for this. I wondered, is this like somebody that helps blind Barty or is this another blind man? I don't yeah, know. I was thinking the same thing. Like, so I looked back at those three different, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was thinking like, it could be his buddy. Yeah. It could be someone else that's blind, but yeah. maybe they're not faithful or like that. Yeah. They're not the person picked for that yeah. parable. I, I I wondered that myself. Like maybe they're not blind. Maybe if they're just a support. Yeah. Uh, and that's why, you know, to the gospel writers only record one person because the miracle didn't really apply to that one. Mm -hmm. But this is all speculation. So what we know, and I think even what Luke is trying to allow us see is that this is an incredible example. So here is what we as believers should do. We shouldn't be like the nation of Israel where we miss Jesus, but we should be like this man who sees Jesus for who he is. So uh, I do think it's pretty important to kind of allow yourself to think of what it would be like to be in that situation and in that scenario and what you would do faced this challenge and handicap of now all of a sudden you can't see. So I, I feel like that was that was something that I was trying to, to drive mm -hmm. home a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I, I just keep thinking back to like, no one really just, not that many people just jump up yeah. in front of other people. They might be embarrassed or they might feel like they, he, I mean, he could have just ran into people and yeah. fall, like fallen and yeah, sure. like who, you know, he's just powering through getting up and all these people are probably like, huh. I mean, they were right. Like yeah. the, some of the disciples were even like, so eh, it's interesting because until he kind of was like, so yeah, Jesus, and, and even in that, so let, let me actually pull it up. I want to go to the, the scripture. Usually I do this, but today yeah. I didn't, so sorry about that, guys. Hang with this. I'm also going to change it to ESV. I tend to like using the uh, English standard version. So there we go. Now we're going to go to Luke. We're just going to kind of read through it and work through it a bit. So bear with me. Usually I do this off stream, but today you got it on stream. So It's live. Yeah, we are live coming at you. <laughs> Unless you're watching this pre-recorded uh, and at a later time than when you're doing it. So, uh, so here we go. We started in verse 35. So I'm just going to kind of pick it up. So it says, um, and as he drew near to Jericho, a blind man. Um, or, sorry, I just skipped through that verse. It says a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. Again, pretty common. Nothing really exciting happening there. Verse 36, and hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. And that's, I did use this kind of example of going, hey, if you ha hear a noise in the other room, especially if you have children, in my case, I have dogs. Like I was on a Zoom interview. I think I might have even mentioned this on Sunday. I heard it like I was literally in the middle of a conversation, like me speaking, and I heard this loud boom 
coming from the library. <laughs> and then on top of that, I've got two boxers. One of them's like a little bit over two and a half years old. Uh, the other one's five. The, the younger one comes running up to me and like, you know that look your dog <laughs> gives you when they're like, I'm so sorry. Like they're guilty of something. You don't know what it is, but you know they're guilty of something. Bailey, the younger one, comes up to me and she's like, I'm so sorry. And on top of that, she's covered in like white fuzzies or dust. I'm not even sure what it was. And so I like had to pause my meeting and like, I I'm so sorry. Like mid-sentence, <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. My dog did something. I'm not sure what. I'll be back. And then I went into the room and I couldn't see anything off. Like it no. was the, it was the weirdest thing ever. It was like, well, I hope everything's okay. So I'm I'm guessing that maybe the two dogs were wrestling and maybe Bailey they they somebody tripped over somebody. I don't I don't know. It still doesn't explain the either the dust yeah. like or the I don't even know what was all over her face, but it was they were probably just wrestling. So like so this blind man goes, Hey, what's going on? Like what's happening? He hears this commotion. Again, Jesus in the height of his ministry, he's traveling, he's got a, a, his disciples with him. He's probably going with other followers of Jesus, even friends, because it would have been kind of a, a national um, or the entire Israelite nation would make their way to Jerusalem where they would actually celebrate Passover. So it's probably joining with friends and family and followers and then even curious crowds that they would be able to come. So there's hundreds maybe of people like just picture a busy roadside, not with cars and buses and stuff like that, but just people traveling by foot because that's what they did. He hears this and verse 37 says, and they told him Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And we're getting back to kind of what you had actually asked. Like, I'm so curious who the they that told him this mm -hmm. were. Like, was it the disciples? Because that's possible. Was it the crowds that were following? Was yeah. it like friends and family? I'm not really sure because... I feel could have been like, that guy. Yeah, it could have even been maybe that person that's with Blind Barty. Who knows? Like, but it's just an interesting thing because what you see from 37 to 38, that's where that change happens from Jesus of Nazareth. Like, okay, Jesus of Nazareth, this guy from Nazareth is coming, heard some crazy things about him. Like he's healing the sick and raising the dead. And like, I'm sure that word is getting around about Jesus of Nazareth, but he identifies Jesus as the son of David. And there was, it was, you know, blind people would have been considered kind of, um, close to illiterate because if they were, and this could also even support the idea that maybe at one point he had sight, like if he's got some formal training or education of the Hebrew scriptures, maybe he didn't start off blind and maybe this helps for him to see who the Messiah was because Braille hadn't been invented yet. So that's another thing that makes me think that maybe he had sight at one point yeah. and then lost his sight. So, uh, but I'm not really sure. It doesn't really I don't know if it really matters if he had sight before or if he didn't. Mm -hmm. Either way, Jesus healed him, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of the bottom line that Luke <laughs> and Matthew and Mark want you to see is that he was healed because of the faith in Jesus that he had. So I am very curious though who the they were because it's also mm -hmm. in Luke specifically, and I believe it's in Matthew as well, maybe even in Mark, like the story of the disciples telling the little children like, no, 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 no. Yeah. The teacher doesn't have time for you. This is exactly what the disciples we know did in Luke. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that the it disciples are going, now 
blind Barty, like just just stay over there. Just get you'll get your begging done from or somebody else. Were there else. other people like could have been like, and uh, then they and somehow that's just absolutely. the person. Yeah, it very much too. could have been just the crowds, right? Like, yeah. and what we talk about is that yeah, they might not even known he was blind. And yeah, they might not know well, this guy maybe. at all and be like, dude, if Jesus is gonna talk to anybody, it's me. So yeah. just I'll let be, you know. If be he quiet. Wants to chat. Yeah, right. Like so. There, there's such. I, I am very curious, and there's no way to like research and to find out who yeah. they were. Like yeah. this, the text doesn't say. So anything that I would come up with would just be speculation. But I am very curious as to who said that. Was it just? Was it a friend of Barty? Was it a just a person that was trying to see? Yeah. And they're on the outskirts, and maybe they're like trying to see around the crowds, and they themselves are like, just be quiet. Like, yeah. just do your own thing. He sure That's as heck true. doesn't care about you. I'm trying to see. Like, yeah. there's so many options in that. But then Barty loses his mind, right? Like, I, in my mind, I play this out. Like, Barty is just, somebody tells him Jesus is coming, and he gets starstruck. Like, oh my gosh, now's my opportunity. Yeah. And, I, and I did wonder, too, like, there obviously has to be some forethought that Bartimaeus has put into this because mm-hmm. 37 to 38. So here comes Jesus, the son of Nazareth, verse 38, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Like it was an instantaneous, like, so there had to be some thought put in this before. And so it makes my mind wonder of going, man, did he, was he hoping that Jesus would pass by? Like, maybe, I feel like my, my sure thing I made up was that. <laughs> He, well, it could be a possibility that he had been praying. Yeah. And then like what, when you, when we do do weird things, like run into someone and say, Jesus, um, it's because we're desperate and we fully, and also too, sometimes you hear stuff from the Holy Spirit. Sure. And I'm thinking when we do things that are a little like out of sort, it could be, Cause we're like, I don't know if I should do that. Should yeah. I do that? But no, sure. it's the Holy Spirit. And then we do it. And it's like, that was a little weird, but wow. Yeah. Right. And I almost feel like maybe it was kind of like that. He's like been waiting for that moment. And he's yeah. like, wait, no, 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 no. It's, I'm not going to pass this up. Right. Right. I'm at least try. Yeah. Because I do think that you see him like lose his mind. Right. Like yeah. he is, he's calling out to Jesus. And mm-hmm. I don't think that he jumps through the crowd. And I think that's why he gets so almost worked up. So yeah. he starts calling out and then. I mean, he would have been an outcast. Luke loves to point out that Jesus came for the outcast. Yeah. It is even a fulfillment of prophecy from the Old Testament that that we when we read it on Sunday, it was from Isaiah. Um, uh, in fact, I want to read it again. It's Isaiah one through four, specifically verse four. It says, "But he, uh, but he, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth." And then I feel like this, the next sentence kind of is referring to the judgment of the Pharisees and the religious elite. He said, he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Like, I just feel like as we've looked at Jesus's ministry, as he's traveled from town to town, from place to place, this is what we've seen is that Jesus came to, to to set free the outcast, like to embrace the outcast, those that the religious elite disregarded Jesus is going no 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 in my kingdom you play a part and then the religious elite he's got the most severe and harsh words for so it just feels like this is fulfillment of scripture and prophecy that Jesus is doing these things 
And Barty kind of recognizes that. He sees that. He's going, man, I need to get to Jesus. So he's screaming his head off. And then this people are like, dude, be quiet. Like nobody <laughs> wants to guy? hear you. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm glad he did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just can't, like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, so verse 38 says, And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then verse 39 says, And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And I just think that that's so beautiful. Like, here is his opportunity. And I do wonder, maybe he's praying. Like, maybe he's hoping. Maybe he's wishing. Like, maybe he's going, man, if, if I could just see. Like, if he's heard of Jesus of Nazareth and he identifies him and recognizes him that he's the Messiah. Maybe he's going, man, I hope that I get the opportunity to encounter him. And then when the opportunity's close by, he's going, there's no way that I'm letting this pass me by. So he starts screaming and crying out and, and he's rebuked. And he, he goes, man, he, he doubles down. He's like, yeah. I'm already he a social outcast. He can't see if anyone's yeah. pointing at him yeah. or doing anything anyway. Yeah. So like, he's not going to be worrying about that. Yeah. Like it's, it, I feel like that's also, he had nothing to lose, yeah. right? Yeah. He's already a nobody. He's already despised. He's already looked down on because he's a beggar. He's going, I've got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. And so he does. And I, I think that it's, it's awesome that he does because Jesus hears him. Um, and verse 40 says, and Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him. So we're going to pause there. It's interesting as you read through, um, I think it's Mark's gospel. There's a little bit more exchange that happens in Mark chapter 10, where it, the crowd then all of a sudden goes, cheer up, buddy. He's calling you. Like, and they lead him to Jesus. Like, I even think that that's funny. Like how quickly the crowd goes from like, dude, shut up. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear you. Just be you. quiet. Like, hey, cheer up. He's calling you. Like. You might have been the reason why he wasn't yeah. feeling so happy, and now you're telling him to cheer up. So I did think that that was kind of ironic and funny mm-hmm. as we look at that. But yeah, so Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. So he's brought to him. And it was interesting, too, that I think, it, again, it was still in Mark that it says he, he like, removed his coat. He, like, set his coat down or his cloak down. And one of the commentaries that I read said something along the lines of it's most likely that he would have collected money in this coat. Obviously, it would have kept him warm at times, but this might have been kind of the instrument or the um, his necessity as kind of a beggar. Right. Like he he his identity was such that he's kind of in this cloak because it's how he, he asks for money. It's how he keeps warm. It's how he you know, it, it's everything that he needs. And so by leaving that aside, he, he kind of leaves who he was yeah. like in pursuit of Jesus, like throwing it to the side, like laying it down kind of ignoring it and going, man, Jesus is all that I actually need. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and again, that's a bit of, uh, that was that commentary's kind of thoughts on that. Um, but I think that even that, like, I feel like the more I read through this and, and as I studied it, the more I feel like I got excited, like, and just thought of it as a beautiful picture. Like, I don't know if it was because I was getting tunnel vision, just mm-hmm. focusing on the same, like, eight verses. But it just, like, I feel like the, his faith became more and more and more alive the more I studied it, the mm-hmm. more that I looked at it. Um, and it's it's something that was admirable. And I think that I was challenged in, mm-hmm. right? Because... 
I think it's easy as a believer that, you know, I, I recognize that Jesus is Messiah and I want to live for him. And I try and put my faith and trust in him. And I want to do my best in following him. But here in this moment, this guy has absolute faith. And, I, I, and I'm not trying to take away anything from the times and the moments and the seasons where we doubt. And I said on Sunday, I truly believe that questions and doubt and faith can all coexist, right? Like, even in the disciples, I think that you see as they're following Jesus, it, like Jesus will do a miracle and it's like, and they put their faith in him. And it's like, wait a minute, you've been following him for a year and a half. Like, just now? <laughs> and you just now believed? Like, you just now had faith? Like, but I think it's a picture of what we do where I, I imagine that it's kind of this ebb and flow where we do, there's times where we have absolute faith and trust in Jesus. And then it seems like the next minute, because we're emotional beings and it seems like we go on this roller coaster, that the next minute we're going, yeah, I'm wondering how Jesus and why would he allow that? Like what would happen? And even for, for Barty, it's interesting to kind of pretend or, or to kind of look at this story. So what we know is that he's making his way into Jerusalem. He's about to experience Passion Week. Well, at the end of that week, he's going to be hanging on a cross. I, I don't think that Barty knew what was going to happen. The disciples, we saw it last week as Christian spoke, it was hidden from the disciples. Even, jo even though Jesus is telling them plainly, I'm going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to die. And everything about the prophets, like everything in the prophecy is going to be fulfilled and I'm going to die. And they're like, uh-huh, I don't understand. Like, so I can't imagine that Barty knows God's plan. He, I believe that he sees that Jesus is Messiah, but he doesn't know God's plan. And so I imagine that a week later, like the disciples were shocked and amazed, yeah. that Barty is probably shocked and amazed as well and not really sure like, well, now what? Like he, he was, he is, I believe he's the Messiah. Like even questions of doubt there. And I, I think that it's important for us to understand that it's okay that we wrestle with doubt. Like I don't think that we want to be a church where you feel like you can't have doubt. I feel like I want to tell you it's okay to have doubt. What I would say is express that. Don't be afraid to talk about it. And work through it. Yes. And honestly, and when you work it. through it, you're going to be, it's kind of like people that yes. I need the proof. Yes. Well, you got to work through it and you will yeah. see that. And, and I believe that. So I feel like one of the things that I, I've thought about, even as in youth ministry, like I loved when students came to me with questions like, hey, what about this? Because I think questions and when you can answer it, you can seek God's word. You can kind of get those questions maybe answered, maybe not in the way that you want. I think that there's a growing in your faith. Yeah. And so I feel like doubt is the same thing. When you have questions, when you have doubt, when you're not sure, as you seek God and even as you ask him, I think that there's a growing of your faith that happens in that. So I think that our response should be to pr like even pray, Father, help me. Like I believe, but help me in my unbelief, right? Like this is a story that we see that was in one of the gospel um uh, one of the gospels where it's like this, this man comes and he believes, but help my unbelief. And that's the same prayer that we can pray. It doesn't mean that we have everything perfect. And I don't think that Barty was perfect, but in this moment, he had absolute mm -hmm. faith and absolute trust. Mm -hmm. And that's our challenge is that we would live in a place where we can have absolute faith and absolute trust. It doesn't mean that we're not going to struggle with doubt, but I think what's so beautiful is that as we come to Christ, as we recognize him as Messiah, as we recognize him as Lord and Savior, 
it's not the amount of faith that we have that's important. It's that we have faith, right? Like it's not, Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, which is this tiny little seed, you can move mountains. It's not the amount of faith. It's not, I have to understand everything that happens as I come to Jesus and what happens, how I cross from spiritual life into spiritual or from spiritual death into spiritual life. I don't have to understand all of that. But what I have to do is believe that Jesus can do it. And I think that that's, I don't even know if I I hammered down that well, but I just feel like that's such a critical piece of going, it's not the amount of faith that you have. It's about having faith, period. If there's a lack of faith, if you don't believe that Jesus can do it, then that presents more of a problem than going, I believe he can do it 25% because I'm not entirely sure how it all works out. You still have faith, and I would encourage you to continue to work on those questions and those doubts. And it's okay to work through them, to kind of process them with other believers, like to, to, to ask God to help you with your, your unbelief. I think that that's, that's part of our growth journey. That's part of our discipleship journey, that we continue to grow and understand who Jesus is. And Plus, how we can moves. interpret things differently and yeah. like I'll have read things and interpreted it one way and then go to a class or something. I'm like, oh, I was looking at that at a whole different lens, maybe even wrong. Sometimes yeah. it's just a different lens, which is fine, but sometimes I'm just wrong. Um, but I was thinking, um, Bar- 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 Barty. Barty. It's say easier. It. I'm going to say Barty so I don't mess it up. <laughs> yeah. um, he was showing action steps. Yeah. Like I feel like it's, yeah. it was a visual experience for everyone there around him. And it's weird that it's a visual experience from the blind man. Yes, (laughs) that's right. Like he cries, even the point, like we could have even talked about he cries out. Yeah. Right? Like, so what do we do when we don't know what to do? What do we do when we can't see Jesus? Mm -hmm. We should cry out to him. Yeah. Right? I mean, I hear that all the time. Yeah. And it's written in the Bible. So that's literally just what he's doing. It's like, even before we started the stream, like, There is something so simple and so beautiful in this passage, right? Like, and I just feel like, feel like as we've walked through Luke, the gospel of Jesus Christ is simple. Jesus didn't make it complicated. It wasn't all of the, in fact, the the religious elite made religion complicated and Jesus was going, no, 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 no. It's not about that. It's, it's about crying out, recognizing Messiah, having faith and trust and following me. Right. Like just using this story. So it's so simple that I don't want to complicate it more. Right. Like and I'm not trying to say that the gospel is simplistic. I I feel like those are two different things. But Jesus made the gospel accessible. Right. Like that is what was so revolutionary about him teaching about the kingdom, because now all of a sudden those that were Gentiles that weren't Jews and even the Jews, then it was they were more able to access Jesus and the kingdom because Jesus was presenting in a completely different way. It wasn't about the law and being perfect because you couldn't actually be perfect through the law. But Jesus was going, the kingdom of God is different and the kingdom of God is here. Why? Because he was born as a baby and he was working his way to death on a cross so that we could be in right relationship. He made a way when there was no way. He made a way fulfilling both ends of the covenant doing both sides of this agreement, which the Old Testament covenant was this idea that if you did all of these things correctly, if you followed the law, you would be blessed. If you didn't, you would be cursed. And that was your bargain, your side of it. And then God 
God would do the other side. In the New Testament, Jesus goes, hey, I got both sides. You don't have to do anything. I've got what I've done on the cross and you can receive it by faith. That is the only responsibility you have. And in that, you are in right standing and right relationship. So, sorry, I might be preaching well, people again. People don't so. even realize, like, some. it's so much simpler yeah. than, like, we... It is. It is. Yeah. And I I feel like even in the discipleship uh, group that I'm in on Thursdays, like we were talking uh, just this past week, like in this week, we'll be talking about communion. Last week, we were talking about baptism, like even those things like and I I don't want to take away the sanctity of it. Like there is something spiritually significant about being baptized and taking communion. But I also don't want to make it so holier than now that we as people are scared to approach it right yeah like, that's true so even in our discipleship group yeah. kind of the idea of going would you be comfortable with baptizing somebody that you're discipling right yeah. like imagine that you've got a disciple that they identify that they want to be baptized would you do that like would you feel comfortable and and within the group there's kind of a varying degree of thoughts i've, I've loved the conversation in that but it's a lot of us go man i'm can I? Yeah. Am I Am I allowed to? It's a little bit different for me. I mean, I've, I've been in the church world for yeah. years, but like for most people, it's like, ooh, uh, I don't know if I can do that. And yeah. I, I do, again, I'm not trying to take away the sanctity of those things, but it's also, I don't think that <laughs> what we see is Jesus didn't make everything so complicated and so robust that you had to go to seminary for six years before you could do X, Y, and Z. Jesus took a bunch of really what they were was was law school so, so the law of of God the law of Moses right he took a bunch of failed religious leaders like they failed out of school and then got other professions he took a bunch of misfits who flunked out of law school and he started to change the world with that group of people and this teaching that he was presenting so i think it's a beautiful picture all the way around um yeah, and I'm not sure if I'm just repeating or recycling through. I'm looking to see if there's any questions. Um, I do want to say, uh, Victoria, thanks for joining us. We're glad that you're here. You're not late, but we're glad that you're joining us. Thanks for being a part of this. Um, yeah. So any other thoughts, questions, things you're thinking? I know that I, usually I try and go by scripture, but then I feel like whenever I'm up, I just wing it. And I just <laughs> land everywhere. So sorry, you have to deal with my ADD. But I love the long podcast format because it's a mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. And I feel like there's things in that that make it so much almost, I don't know if easier is the right word. Like I love communicating on a Sunday, but I love this because it gives it a more, I feel like there's more of an application. Yeah. And, and you talk like, like, yeah, you hear someone else's opinion too. Yeah. Like yeah. when you're on stage, you're just saying what you've studied and what you know. So. And you're stuck with me. So <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think that Barty is just definitely was like, so when I was kind of doing my research for this, I was yeah. thinking like, what was, why was he blind first off? Like, mm. you know, like we discussed that. But yeah. I, I mean, at the end of this is clearly it's to show the power of God. Yeah. And to show what yeah. he's capable of. Did you, I don't know if you intentionally, like this might have been what you're saying, but there's another story in the Gospels, and I didn't I didn't look this one up, and so this is off of memory. Um, but there's another story in the Gospels that was exactly that. I think that I think it's 
what I yeah. So it was like oh, I, I looked up like a video. Clips yeah, and this stuff is definitely yeah. so. This is this is Molly's thought, not mine. Um, but basically, that's the disciples walk by this blind person. They go, "Hey, Jesus, whose sin made this man blind? Was it yeah, his yeah, sin yeah. Yep. or was it his parents' sin?" That's right. Yeah. And and Jesus goes, neither. It's so that the glory of God can be revealed this day. And he heals him. I don't even know. Is that the one where he makes a mud pie? Yeah. He yeah. spits in the mud. Spits, in the, is it like he spits in the all dirt. Like, here yeah. you go. Like, I wonder what that guy was thinking. Well, uh, at the same time, though, if that's what, what it was, took. <laughs> he wouldn't know what was going on in his face. Well, maybe but he heard Jesus hockey. I wouldn't even care if he did, honestly. <laughs> maybe that's what it was. Like, Jesus, I don't care. You can spit. Do whatever you need to with that mud if it's going to heal me. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's it, yeah. and that only reaffirmed like this idea that those that were sick, like I feel like I've said the same thing a hundred times over the course of the last three or four months. Like that would have only reaffirmed what the Jews had taught and said. Well, if you're sick, or you're blind, or you're poor, well, it's because God doesn't love you. You're not blessed because there's clearly some sin in your life. And so here, as the disciples walk by this other blind person, they go, Lord, who sinned? And Jesus is going, no one. He, like, his sin, it's not about sin. It's about God's glory in this moment. So Jesus even then reframes it of going, it's not about sin. Like, I think that that's what his ministry was teaching again and again and again and again. It's not that. And I think that if we take this approach that, well, if I'm sick all the time, it's because Mm -hmm. Jesus doesn't love me. It's like, I... Some people believe that. Or it's like punishment. I struggle with that. Like people. Yes. I mean, I, there was this phase in my life as like a young teenager, sure. you know, sure. that I was like, oh, I did something wrong and then something bad happened sure. next week. I'm like, oh, but it really, I mean, now as an adult I, and yeah. more studying, I know, but. But but I think yeah. that, that like even th- that can be ingrained in us. Yeah. But when we, but when we look at that, compare that to the picture of the Jesus that we see in Luke. Like, that's a works-based righteousness. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to do well right. in order to be in good standings. Then I'm earning my salvation. Mm-hmm. Where Jesus is going, no, 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 faith. Like, I think the example that I've, I've recently been talking about is that when Jesus looked to the thief on the cross, like the thief that was next to him, Jesus didn't say, hey, you've got to renounce all of your sin. You've got to do all of this. Like, it, it, this thief kind of defends Jesus or says, like, we deserve what we've done. So he's confessed kind of like, we deserve this. And Jesus goes, today you will be with me in paradise. Right? Like, mm-hmm. there was no 10-step process. Right. There was nothing. You don't see all of that. Like, there's a scripture that says, cursed is any man who hangs on a tree. So here's this man in a curse, right? Like, uh, like and Jesus goes, faith. Mm-hmm. he'll be with me it's so hard though like yeah. i'm literally think about like you don't want to check the boxes off but at the same time you yes. do want to check off some because that helps us keep our faith yeah but i don't know if that's the right wording but we, i was discussing with ben before this overtime started that our, my home group is doing a study and a, mm. and the main focus and question is is like are we pleasing god or are we having fully fully and we fully faithful in god and I just keep hearing it. And then after Ben's sermon, I'm like, well, this is just another reiteration of that. It's not about knowing all the things yeah, either. No, like you not. don't need to know everything that's in the Bible right. to have faith. Right. Yeah. I Again, I think it goes back to we even talked about this like in overtime just a little bit ago. It's It's not the amount of faith that you have. It's that faith is present. Right. Like you don't have like for that thief on the cross. 
there was some level of faith present. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have said, like, it would have been like, hey, Jesus could have gone, thanks, bro. I appreciate that. Yeah. So that means that, like, <laughs> if you, because, like, I mean, there's, like, I mean, we all have, like, moments. Like, yeah, or, like, sure. some people have depression and they get sure. in these modes where, like, you're not sure about it. Yeah. But, like, does that still, like, count as having faith? If, like, because really, though, you're saying, like, a yeah. criminal, I mean, and if he only had faith during that time, is that that's sufficient? I I, that's, I would I, you would so think. I think that this is I believe Mustard yes seed. right like yeah. so I think that yeah, it boils too. down to if you you either do or you don't believe that Jesus can do what he says mm-hmm. right like so either Jesus is Lord and he's master and he's savior or even like I feel like I might even go or he might be I'm open to that possibility or he's not mm-hmm. there's a very clear distinction between yeah. he either can or maybe can and can't. So that can't, I feel like you've closed yourself off to the Holy Spirit being able to work because you're going, no, he can't do that. Well, yeah. he can't because you won't yeah. see that he can, mm-hmm. right? Like, and versus this faith of going, man, I, I, uh, either he can or I hope that he can. And he's the one that I'm going to try and trust yeah. in that. Like, I do think that it gets really complicated for believers because of ebb and flow, right? Because we have these emotions that God gave us, by yeah. the way, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we that we experience things and then we're up and we're down. It's kind of like this roller coaster and yeah. we're we're feeling great when we're on the way up and then we're holding on as the, we're on the way down. Like, mm-hmm. And then there's this idea of works because even that, like our, our James says, faith without works is dead. So that becomes complicated of going, okay, so then I should be doing stuff to show that I have faith. But it's not I'm doing works out of trying to prove I'm doing works out of my love and my desire. I I get to do things to help live into the gospel rather than I have to do things. And so Mm -hmm. it's I, I do think, though, that even though when we know that we understand it, living it out always is where the rubber meets the road and, yeah. it, and it gets difficult and challenging. Some people don't want to volunteer yeah. in kid zone because yeah, they sure. don't know the facts. Sure. Right. Or like you don't want to sure. go to women's Bible study because you might come around the table to you and you might yeah. have to say something and that's intimidating. But really, yeah. it's like, yeah, no matter. You got to try it. You got to yeah. you got to so, way through that. And even in that, like, so that's even part of the personality that God creates in us. Like, mm-hmm. I'll use this as an example. Like when I was in youth ministry, one of the easy wins is to bring your youth ministry to a senior center's home, right? Like there's so much you can do just simply talking with like the the residents there. Like they would love relationship, maybe not now in COVID, but at least when I was a youth pastor, but like, I'll be honest, like I, I had put myself out there. I'd served in a lot of different ways. And one of the things that I knew about myself is that I became very awkward and weird around senior saints. I don't know why. I just always did. Like, I could talk to a teenager, build a relationship yeah. out of the air. But if it was somebody older, I, I just felt like I couldn't relate and I couldn't talk to them. So yeah. I'll be honest. Like, and it might have been an area that I could have done better in. Like, maybe Jesus was challenging me. But I... In youth ministry, I was like, yeah, we're just not going to be a youth ministry that goes to, to senior centers. Like, maybe that was an area that I could have grown in. Like, in hindsight, I look back on that. But I, I think that that's just an example of somebody going, I really don't want to work with kids. It, it might be part of your personality, but I would challenge you, okay, if it's not kids, where is it? 
Don't just go, well, I don't really like old people and I don't really like kids and I don't like this and I don't like that. And so you excuse yourself out of everything. You should be intentionally taking time. So instead of us focusing our time and our energy on like local um, nursing homes, what we did was we tried to partner with some of our strategic partners. So we tried to go to Urban Promise. We tried to do some of those things, a little bit more inner city, which was an area that I enjoyed. Like I, I was from a small city of Providence. So I'm like, man, I love taking suburban white kids into these urban areas because it's a completely different place. It's a com completely different lifestyle than the, what they're used to. And I feel like for them, it was eye-opening. So I think that if you were making excuses and saying, I don't like kids and I don't like this and I don't like that, and I and you've kind of excused your way out of everything, I think there's something off there. But yeah. it's okay to identify, well, maybe kids isn't the, the area that I'm called to, but maybe teenagers is, mm -hmm. or maybe senior saints is. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't think that we can use our personal preference as an excuse to get out of serving and 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 being the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, but again, it's not that because I have to do works, it's because I get to serve. And I think that I think that as you put yourself out there, you will find that the area that you are excited about like it won't even feel like all that much serving right like <laughs> come the wednesday night cow worship night yeah. and watch my video because i literally just, <laughs> I say that. yeah um, so she's gonna say it so I, I really do feel that way too yeah. though like 110 yeah. percent. and you can't know if you don't like it until you yeah. try it that's too. right so. that's right I, and I feel like that experimenting is so critical. Like, so don't be afraid to call something an experiment. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to volunteer here. I'm going to give it, I don't know. It's research. Yeah. It's I'm going like to give it two months or like if it's an everyday thing, I'm going to give it three weeks and I'm going to see if it's something that connects or maybe even more. I'd say if you're doing it daily, maybe, maybe a month, just give it a, an, whatever it is to give it an actual shot and see if you like it. And if you don't like it, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, that's okay too, but don't yeah, you gotta be see where you fit too, because yes. you, honestly, you won't be helpful if you're in a place where you don't want to talk to the kids yeah. or whatnot. So God yeah. gave you a purpose in, in a gifting, yes. and that's part of it too, is that's... figuring that out. And when you're in that too, it's because sometimes you're like, well, that's a checkbox, but it's mm. not because you you do learn so much yes. doing it yes. that it's like I don't feel like I'm necessarily serving. Yeah, I, I so I in for many years I encouraged students to like. To just put themselves out there. Like, go for everything. And if you don't like it, make a mental note of it. Like, yeah. even for people that I've had over the years been excited for, for people to come to me saying that they believe that they're called into ministry. I'm like, that's great. Immerse yourself in everything to see what God has for you. And then part of my advice to them was, and if you can be excited about doing anything other than ministry, do that because it's there's a lot of like the the easy side of ministry is easy like the being able to be on stage and being able to be in front of a camera and a microphone that that can look good but there's also a level of ministry that you have to make sure that your heart's in the right place you can't lead where you haven't been yourself so there is there's a level of challenge and difficulty in working with people that can be frustrating and challenging so that was part of my my advice to them i feel like i am just rambling now at this point but what time are we at we're at 57 minutes, so um, let me look to see if there's any questions or thoughts here. Molly, if you've got any other questions, otherwise we should probably start to wrap this bad boy up. I know. 
all. Yeah. So I think as we go back to the story of Blind Bartimaeus, uh, I think that, again, it's a it's such a simple but a beautiful picture. He recognized and identified Jesus as the Messiah. He chose to put his faith and his trust in him. Doesn't mean that his faith was perfect, but at least in that moment, man, he fully embraced and trusted Jesus and placed his faith in him for his healing. He experienced healing and then he followed Jesus. So that's kind of my challenge for you is that we would do exactly what Blind Barty did. Maybe it was Blind Barty and friends, um, but that's our challenge is that we would I, we would recognize Christ as Messiah, we'd put our faith and trust in him and that we would follow him wherever he calls us to. So hopefully you were challenged and encouraged by that. If you have questions, thoughts, feel free to email us over time at clcfamily.church. Um, we'd love to have you be a part of that. You can always jump online. We try to go live about noon on Tuesdays. So if you want to jump online and be a part of that, we love when you submit questions where you have questions live. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys spending time with us. We hope that you have a blessed week. Don't forget this week, Cal, our Connect on Wednesday, comes back with our worship night, 5.30's meal, 6.30's the programming, which is not children's programming or classes, but it is in the sanctuary. Uh, the women's tea on the 29th, and then the new members class, which is on the 30th. So thanks for coming. Thanks, you, guys. Do you want to say anything else? Have hey. a great week. All right. Well, thanks for coming, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Maybe.